Can't get enough of Rebel Girls? Well, luckily, the Rebel Girls app is now completely free. That's right, you can listen to the entire library of goodnight stories for Rebel Girls ad-free. Plus, check out the app's cool features like activities, trivia, custom playlists, and more. All parent-trusted and kids-safe. Find out more at rebelgirls.com slash audio and download the Rebel Girls app today. Thanks for listening. Ah, wow. This egg cream is delicious. I wish the chocolate syrup inside wasn't so expensive. If you'd like to save some shekels and have some fun at the same time, make sure you tune into King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Is he skipping lunch today? No, he's in the recess yard doing jumping jacks. Jumping jacks? Why? Huh, who even knows what that kid? Hmm. Drag, what are you doing out here by yourself? The school Olympic Games starts soon, and I want to be in tip top shape. I didn't know you were going to compete. Uh, of course I am. Who better to win events like the 50 yard bat dash and extreme cape twirling? Um, Drac, the school Olympics doesn't have those events. What? That is vampire discrimination. Actually, I think the school Olympic Games is just trying to be as much like the regular Olympics as possible, which means we'll have those types of events. Well, what types of events are those? I must admit, I've never really watched the Olympics before. I just assumed that vampire-friendly events were part of it. Yeah, no. Hey, wait, it sounds to me like you don't know much about the Olympics at all. Is the old thirst for knowledge needing to be quenched? Well, come to think of it, it does. I'd like to learn all about the Olympic Games, Ren. That makes two of us. Uh, Drag, what are you doing? I'm getting my body and brain warmed up for some learning. Now, it's time for a ride in the Coffin of Curiosity. Computer, today's topic is the Olympics. The Olympics began a long time ago, didn't they? Yep. Let's take a little trip back in time to the time and place where it all started, Drag. Where are we, Ren? This is ancient Greece. The year 776 BC, and we're in the city of Olympia, watching the very first Olympic Games, which had just one event, a foot race called the Stade, which will be won by a cook named Karobas. Go, Karobas! You got this! Uh, seriously, you're the winner, I swear. Just don't trip or get lost from this point onward. Uh, spoiler alert, Jack. <laughs> so, what does Karobas get for winning the race? An olive wreath called the Cotinos. 
It's made from olive leaves that are intertwined to form a circle. When did the Olympics add more sports than just this one race? The stade, which is the origin for our modern word, stadium, would remain the only event for the first 13 Olympiads, which is what the Olympic Games were called back then. Did those games happen every four years like our modern Olympics do? Yep, and they always took place between August 6th and September 19th during a religious festival that honored Zeus. Ooh, he's the big boss god of Greek mythology! The king of the gods himself! So, when the Olympiads finally added more events, what were they? Two longer distance races, as well as the pentathlon. That's an event that consists of five different sports. Another race, the long jump, discus and javelin throwing, and a wrestling match. And a bit later, boxing and chariot racing became events too. Ooh, chariot racing! I bet that would have been awesome to see! Well, not everything about those ancient games was awesome. It was only males who were allowed to participate, and married women weren't even allowed to watch. Uh, they couldn't even watch? Uh, that seems a bit extreme! I think that's because all of the male participants were, um, naked when they competed. No one was wearing any clothes? Well, that's, um, quite the choice. According to the computer, wearing no clothes made it easier to move. And it also removed any visible signs of an athlete's status or social standing. Okay, so back to female competitors. When were they finally allowed to compete in the games? Not until the year 1900. That's such a long time for women to not be treated as the men's equals. True, but it's not like the Olympic Games were happening for thousands of years. The ancient games were stopped for good in the year 393 AD by a Roman emperor named Theodosius. Ugh, he sounds like he's a fun guy. Ha! Right? Theodosius was actually a fun sponge. He didn't like the religious nature of the games, so he outlawed them. So when did the games start again? The year 1896. And this time, the games weren't held as a tribute to Zeus or any other Greek god. They were simply an international athletic competition that kept the spirit of the original event. By doing things like having them every four years? Exactly. The first modern games even took place in Athens, Greece. But the Olympics take place in different cities all over the world now, right? They do. But that didn't happen until 1924 when the Eighth Games took place in Paris. That's also the same year that Winter Olympics debuted. I thought the Summer and Winter Olympics took place at different times two years apart. They do these days, Jack. But between 1924 and 1992, both sets of games happened the same year. Why did they separate them? Traditionally, the Winter Olympics got less attention and fanfare than the Summer Games when they were held the same year. So the people that run the games decided to change that so each event got the attention they both deserved. Good move! Another good move might be for us to return to the present and talk about more of the Olympics' modern-day traditions there. That sounds like a gold medal idea. Ha! Nice wordplay, Ren. I've learned from the best, Jack. Aww. Wait. You were talking about me, right? Speaking of which, 
I want to learn all about some of the things we associate with today's Olympic Games. Where do you want to start, Jack? Well, how about the medals that are given to the winners? Uh, when did they replace those olive wreath thingies? Uh, also, why medals in the first place? Medals became the award beginning in 1904. As you know, the top three finishers in each event get a gold, silver, or bronze medal. But what you may not know, Drac, is that each medal represents the ages of man in Greek mythology. Uh, so what does that mean, Rin? According to the computer, gods and mortals lived in peace and harmony during the Golden Age. Then there is the Silver Age, which is the Age of Youth. And lastly, the Bronze Age, the Age of Heroes. Ooh, cool stuff. Maybe one day you and I can win gold medals in the Olympics. Here's a fun fact, Drac. Gold medals aren't really gold. They're actually over 90% silver and only coated with gold. Hmm, I guess that makes sense. It cost a lot to make all those gold medals for every event. Uh, speaking of every event, how many events does each Olympics have these days? At both the most recent summer and winter games, 40 different sports were represented. Which athlete has won the most medals? American swimmer Michael Phelps, who has won 28 so far. Wow! You'd need a swimming pool-sized trophy case to hold all of those. And the female record holder is not too far behind. Larissa Latinina, a Soviet gymnast, has 18. Sweet! A couple more questions, Ren, and then I think we can get back to our quest for athletic glory at the school Olympics. What you got, Jack? The five rings that make up the Olympic symbol. What's the story behind those? The rings represent the five inhabited continents around the world. The Americas, Asia, Europe, Africa, and Oceania. Oceania? What continent is that? When the rings were chosen as the symbol in 1912, the term Oceania covered the region of the world made up of Australasia, Melanesia, Micronesia, and Polynesia. But, like, only one of those is a continent? And it's Australia! Not Australasia! Just one of those weird but true facts, Jack. Moving on, the Olympic torch. Uh, what's up with that thing? The torch is a symbol of light, life, and the search for knowledge. Before the start of each game, the torch is lit in the Olympics' original host city of Olympia. And it's lit the way that they used to do it in ancient times, using a parabolic mirror and sun rays to start the fire. And from there, that's when the torch begins its journey to whatever the Olympics' host city is. Yep, the passing of the torch is also symbolic, representing peace, unity, and friendship between all of humankind. But how does someone run the flame across the ocean? <laughs> well, sometimes the runner gets a bit of an assist by boats and planes, Drac. Heck, the torch has even been to space. After the torch has traveled all over the world to get to its destination, uh, what happens then? A cauldron inside the Olympic home stadium is lit by the torch at the opening ceremony, and then stays lit for the entire duration of the games, which is two weeks. Ren, all of this stuff about the Olympics is so inspiring. I can't wait to get back to our games and show what we can do. If your thirst for knowledge is quenched, what are we waiting for? Okay, Ren, what event are you most excited for? I'm gonna dominate extreme fidget spinning and the 25 meter monkey bar race. Extreme fidget spinning? They have an event for that, but not one vampire related sport? Well, we only have one vampire at this school, which means you'd win pretty easily. Hmm, fair point. I'll just have to find a non-vampire-specific sport to try. Hmm. Ooh, is there an event for video game dancing? I'm pretty good at the floss. Wanna see? Save it for the field, Jack! 
If you enjoyed today's episode of Drek, make sure to press that follow button so you can join us for the next episode right here on Go Kid Go Network. Do you like to laugh? Ah, who am I kidding? Who doesn't like to laugh? So okay, if you love to laugh, you'll love Don't Break the Rules. It's a hilarious comedy improv podcast where the voice actors make up their lines on the spot and try to be the only actor who doesn't break the rules. These talented actors are great at coming up with silly scenes and stories when they follow the rules for the episode. And it gets even sillier when they accidentally break the rules. The stories are guided by suggestions from kids like you, and the episodes feature laughs, burps, and the occasional unicorn. So if you'd like to giggle and play along, be sure to listen to Don't Break the Rules wherever you listen to podcasts.